Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Joining me right now, Professor Angela Dubé. Professor at the Department of Public Constitution and International Law at the University of South Africa. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, ma'am. How are you? Very good, thank you. So, sorry to make you sit through that long mouthful, but uh, the Foreign Military Assistance Act um, helped I've got a five-year-old in my brain, and if the five-year-old can understand a concept, then we're good to go. Um, how would you explain the Foreign Military Assistance Act of 1998 to a five-year-old? All right. Before I do that, <laughs> yes. perhaps one should just paint the context to say, look, we're, t- we're talking here within the context of the ongoing conflict between Israel and, and Palestine. And um, our focus, you know, should always be not how they got there, but now that they're there, um, how do we understand the laws to be operating in that particular context? In other words, not just we shouldn't focus much on the Jews at Belam, the laws of going to war, but we should focus on the Jews in Bella, which is the laws that operate once you're in war. Yes. Now, so, can, just before we go on, <coughs> Professor, could I please ask you to speak up or closer to the microphone? We are struggling a little bit. You are sounding a little bit soft, and what you're saying is important. Okay, um, let me try and disengage my headphones. Maybe that could help. Oh, shame. Sorry. Okay. From the phone. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I don't know. Do you want to go back and discuss um, the, you know, there's the spirit of the law and there's the letter of the law. Right? Co- correction? Um, oh, much better. Can I, can I your your last communication okay so my last comment was that there's all right so you were saying that we actually need to go back and look at it's not whether somebody is already fighting in an army but it's before correct yeah, no, I was basically saying in this context, um, you know, I know that many many commentators are looking at the law of going to war rather than the law that applies once you are in the war. Yes. Our context should actually be zoned in on the law uh, that operates once you are in the war and understanding that South Africa as a country has international obligations that bind it and, and, and uh, put uh, obligations on it on what to do in the in the situation where there's an ongoing conflict and some people want to go and partake in that particular conflict. Now, coming to your question on the Foreign Military Assistance Act, what is it? Let me break it down so if I all can understand. What is assistance? Can we just define, can we just define assistance? I mean, assistance is what? Would that only be military assistance or would that be assistance um, sending care packages or... Um, okay. Because that's quite broad. Again, that question requires the context to be clear. Yes. The international law on uh, foreigners participating in wars in other spaces is regulated by at least two major instruments. One being an instrument of the African Union, the second one being an instrument of the the United Nations. But they do so in the context of what we call mercenaries. Mercenaries are slightly different from what you call foreigners participating in hostilities abroad. Mercenaries are basically paid soldiers of fortune. They're basically paid for financial gain to do what they do, to, to, to participate in the hostilities. And the international law, both at the UN level and at the AU level, is clear that mercenaries will not be covered by the laws of war. The, the status of combatants and, and the benefits that, 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 that accrue to people who are classified as combatants under international law does not accrue to mercenaries. Now, in our context, 
South Africa trying to comply with these obligations under international law. Um, enacted the, the Foreign Military Assistance Act. But in doing so, it seems that the context or the text of the law went broad to include aspects of participation in hostilities that may not necessarily be classified legally as proper participation in hostilities. In other words, if, if um, a South Africa goes to Israel to handle a gun to assist in 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 in, in, um, in, in, in intelligence gathering, mm -hmm. to assist in targeting, uh, to decide which is a military target and which is not a military target, that would classically be within the ambit of participating in hostilities under international law, and that person would therefore be a combatant in the war. But because he is a foreigner, the two laws, the ones of the law of the AU and the law of the UN, would not clothe them with the necessary international legal protection because they are a foreigner who do not have an interest in this matter except for a financial interest. So when South Africa crafted its laws, it stretched of um, uh, uh, you know, participation in, 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 or, or, foreign, or assistance in, in foreign um, uh, conflicts militarily. It stretched it in, in the sense that even financing um, or doing business with these foreign um, agents or parties to the foreign um, conflict would actually classify one as uh, a mercenary in, in, in this instance. For instance, if um, if, if, if Dube Inc. decides to sell backpacks to one of the parties in Israel, there's a high chance that Dube Inc. could actually be thought of or interpreted to be a participant in this and therefore assisting yeah. in terms of the law and therefore liable to prosecution. That's so interesting. Has anybody ever been prosecuted under this law? Do you know? There have been uh, prosecutions in the past. The NPA, look, if the NPA was to prosecute every South African who's out there uh, shooting guns or doing whatever they're doing, um, they would need to recruit all of us to go and become prosecutors and the cost would be very full for a long time because there are many. There are many South Africans all over the world, in Africa, in Nigeria, in, 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 um, in Israel, uh, on both sides of the conflict. Um, there have been attempts in the past to prosecute, but the numbers are too big, and the NPA does not seem to have perhaps the political will or the financial muscle to actually go through with these particular prosecutions. The other challenge is the challenge of uh, gathering evidence. That um, the evidence that you need is going to be at the place where the the, the, the actual crime took place and South Africa might not have access to that evidence and the state where the crime took place might not actually be um, in, in, the, in the process or in the, in, the, in the position to assist with that evidence. So in the past what we have seen, we've seen some prosecutions of guys who were participating in the Congo um, and these were Congolese nationals but they were found in the Republic because the law allows for that to happen. Uh, but somehow the state bundled the case because the evidence was obtained through illegal means. And you know the fruits of the poison tree, if you torture people or you chop them and you, you then get evidence that they participated in hostilities abroad, sure. you may not use that in court. In other instances, we've had uh, situations where the court was, uh, or the justice system started the prosecution, but uh, it only gave suspended sentences or fines between 10,000 and 100,000. So that 
for the soldier of fortune, it makes more sense to actually take up arms and go and fight and get paid thousands of dollars than to, uh, than, than to sit home and be broke because you can pay the fine anyway from thousands of dollars. So it makes financial sense to break the law and then pay this particular fine if you are caught in the process. Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, the, the conversation around this. Um, uh, look, mm. I mean, uh, I was also thinking about ISIS. I mean, ISIS, yes. they were... In, there were tens of thousands of South Africans that went over to fight in fight with ISIS. Um, would those be considered people who fought under a foreign military or mercenaries? I mean, how would one even classify that? Because of the nature of ISIS, you know, as a, as a conglomerate of... Uh, a group that could easily be classified as a terrorist group. Yeah, well, we it, use the word terrorist here. I'm just trying to, yeah, you know, be as, it, as uh, straight with you as possible. Yes, because ISIS would be fighting against a constitutionally, uh, you know, entrenched government. They've been trying to fight for the overthrow of a government that was put there constitutionally. Yeah. It will still be offering military assistance in that particular space. But it would border more on terrorism, and um, it would then be uh, an international crime, which allows South Africa under universal jurisdiction to actually prosecute those guys. Uh, so that if, if the NPA was in the position to actually identify those who went on to do this, it could have a very solid case to prosecute those individuals. Yeah. You have just been absolutely brilliant to speak to thank you so much for sharing and just for being so generous with your knowledge thank you very very much 